chapter four part two of the spanish conquerors by irving burdine richmond this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four cortez and mexico mexico tenochtitlan abode of the war-god the place of the stone and prickly pear seat of the power of montezuma whereof the spaniards had heard under the name yulia was a wonderful place to the spaniard but he failed to understand its real significance what the spaniard found in mexico as he believed was merely a feudal monarchy under a king supported by a nobility occupying palaces in a picturesque city full of mosques in point of fact cortez unwittingly was looking across an abyss of perhaps ten thousand years actually seeing the dead past live again to say remarks john fiske that it was like stepping back across the centuries to visit the nineveh of sennacherib or hundred gated thebes is but inadequately to depict the situation for it was a longer step than that yes immeasurably longer for it was a step from civilization quite to mid-barbarism what it really was that tenochtitlan disclosed to the spaniards may perhaps be best conceived by the aid of a survey from the summit of one of the so-called mosques the central valley of mexico is a plateau some seven thousand four hundred feet above sea-level about sixty miles long by forty broad and surrounded by mountains here the waters collected by drainage as in a basin spread themselves out in three shallow lakes or lagoons of which chauco and zechimilico are fresh and tezcoco is salt covering in all perhaps four hundred and forty two square miles near the western side of lake tezcoco are two marsh islands and over them extends the community of mexico tenochtitlan with its adjunct Tlatelolco. this community which is not at all a city or municipality is of about one-fourth the extent of the mexico city of the present day and harbors at this early time a population of perhaps seventy thousand souls connection with the mainland is maintained by three long causeways one to the north one to the west and one to the south each twenty or twenty-five feet broad and of a cement construction which is hard and smooth these causeways provided as they are with sluice gates serve also as dikes for regulating the flow and depth of the water to the west of the islands where it discharges from chauco and zechimilico which are at a higher elevation than tezcoco for similar control to the eastward of the islands a long dike exists besides the three main causeways there are certain tributary ones and a double aqueduct of concrete bringing water from the mainland hill of chapultepec turning now our gaze more directly beneath we perceive first that the centre of the main community tenochtitlan 
is marked by a great square nine hundred by one thousand fifty feet facing the cardinal points and surrounded by a stone wall eight or nine feet high embellished with carved stone serpents in this wall on each side of the square there is a gate and each gate is approached from without by a broad avenue those leading to the north south and west gates being prolongations of the causeways by the square and avenues the main community is divided into four quarters the adjunct to latilaco constituting a fifth division and each quarter is intersected by canals spanned by bridges the great square in tenochtitlan forms the place of trade and concourse and in tlatelalco a like square subserves the same so far as buildings are concerned they are of four principal sorts first huge communal dwellings next official edifices or tekpans then armories or houses of darts as they are called and lastly temple structures comprehending educational houses and quarters for priests the material of all is a reddish stone for the most part whitened to brilliance by stucco and the foundations as a rule are pyramidal in shape the great square is filled with temples twenty at least without counting the chief temple and Tlatelolco also has its temples a chief and lesser ones if the hour of observation from our mosque be sunset the picture will be charming in the pale blue water sheet of tezcoco will be reflected not alone the white buildings of mexico tenochtitlan but those of other similar communities on the shores the whole relieved against a dark blue sierra crowned by the peaks gigantic and roseate of iztachihuatl white woman and popocatapetl smoking mountain on the other hand if we look at night charm will be replaced by an aspect weirdly sinister spectral barks or canoes fifty thousand of them it is said will be darting athwart the lake and through the brazier lighted canals while aloft the darkness will everywhere be pierced by temple flames a modern smelting works somewhat softened might suggest the effect open daylight however will best reveal mexico tenochtitlan to the high-placed observer by it the communal dwellings will be seen to be of wide extent but of only one or at most two stories in the latter case receding or terraced and provided with low parapets the principal tekpans of which there are two one being in tlatelalco are surmounted by observation towers and the pyramids of the temples are bulky structures of smooth stone dented on one or more sides by steps and culminating in wooden oratories terrible indeed is the religion of the aztec nahua its leading deity is huitzilopochtli god of war and to him chiefly is consecrated the greatest pyramid of all it stands in the broad square of tenochtitlan it is three hundred feet wide on each side at the base and with its oratories it rises to a height of one hundred and fifty feet 
here under one's very nostrils as one gazes reeks the blood of human sacrifices blood offerings performed by filthy priests who in the curt phrase of bernal diaz stink like sulphur and have another bad smell like carrion a second great deity shares with the war-god his ensanguined abode tezcatlipoca god of the breath of life the racial god of the nahua nearby are the temples of two other important gods thalalak a god of rain and fertility and quetzalcoatl counterpart of the maya kukulkan god of order enlightenment and humaneness the blonde and bearded god the fair god of romance but it is not merely the exteriors of houses that daylight in tenochtitlan best reveals interiors respond to it even more here will be seen courts supplied with ponds and fountains the abode in some instances of wild beasts and birds chambers with floors and walls brought to a hard finish by cement and gypsum and decked with featherwork hangings mats and cushions and provided with low canopied beds low tables and stools flint and copper implements and of varied pottery between many of the buildings too are green garden plots and in the lake floating vegetable gardens and in the squares both of tenochtitlan the and Tlatelolco, huge markets in full tide of activity of much interest is all this but obviously interest of a limited sort what of the inner self of the aztec what of his soul as disclosed by his religion the soul of the aztec is dark war feeds it and blood anoints it but art is a second medium of soul disclosure and through it the soul of the aztec is revealed as not inhospitable to light and beauty of aztec art feather-work is the most striking example but metal-work flower-culture and poetry are also striking examples especially flower-culture and poetry campoala is a place of roses mexico tenochtitlan is even more such a place roses peep above the parapets of the communal dwellings and tecpans bloom in the chinampas or floating gardens depending garlands from the breasts of idols no occasion is there that roses do not grace be it festival baptism wedding or funeral and though the form of arrangement be off that of the pyramid or the sacrificial mound beauty veils the tragedy of the suggestion when therefore the aztec poet dreams and sings it is flowers roses for the most part and other things of a flower-like fragility that he celebrates hummingbirds butterflies song-birds and precious stones i wonder where i may gather some pretty sweet flowers whom shall i ask suppose that i ask the brilliant hummingbird suppose that i ask the yellow butterfly they will tell me i polished my noble new song like a shining emerald i arranged it like the voice of the tzinitzkan bird i set it in order like the chant of the zakwan bird i mingled it with the beauty of the emerald that i might make it appear like a rose bursting its bud
they led me within a valley to a fertile spot a flowery spot where the dew spread out in glittering splendour where i saw lovely fragrant flowers lovely odorous flowers clothed with the dew but even amid songs of rejoicing rarely is there wanting the minor chord the plaintive strain common to primitive man weeping i the singer weave my songs of flowers of sadness i lift my voice in wailing i am afflicted as i remember that we must leave the beautiful flowers the noble songs only sad flowers and songs are here in mexico and tlatelalco ohuaya ohuaya the spaniard beholding mexico tenochtitlan with its adjunct tlatelalco failed to comprehend it and his failure save lately and in the case of a few persons has been our own the mexico city or municipality of the spaniard was in fact an indian pueblo it had been founded in thirteen hundred and twenty five by southward roving indians the aztecs a tribe few in number and near starvation finding the rich mexican valley already occupied the aztecs took as their portion the two neighboring islands in lake tezcoco and devoted themselves to their principal need the production of food chiefly maize and cocoa the tribe in process of time became fierce bloody and prosperous and it was the struggle for food that made them so this struggle for subsistence indeed is the key to aztec life and institutions to this struggle was it due that the inhabitants of tenochtitlan planted gardens and invented the floating garden to this was it due primarily that feeling the need of controlling communication with the mainland they built causeways which might be utilized as dikes to this was it due that feeling the need of a water supply and of an increased amount of food they mustered courage and conquered portions of the mainland nearest to them to this was it due that growing in population and power and needing yet more food they forced into existence a tripartite confederacy to levy contribution over an ever-widening area to this was it due that discovering the value of terror as a means of rule they developed the ancient maya nahua cult of human sacrifice at first practised infrequently into proportions at once colossal and revolting and made huitzilopochtli the god of war their local deity in chief the aztec tribe as an organism in embryo had but one head a sachem or cacique a civil leader in him seemingly were combined dual elements the above or masculine element and the below or feminine with expansion and conflict came a need of differentiation of attributes and there arose the war leader or chief of men the distinctly masculine element was now embodied in him the feminine being reserved to his associate who henceforth bore the title to many so puzzling of snake woman in the days of the spanish conquest the snake woman though often alluded to makes no particular figure the three overshadowing figures are chiefs of men montezuma quitlahuatzin and 
quatematsin of these montezuma is reflective and weak the other two his successors decisive and strong just here however our account of mexico tenochtitlan must cease for at the south causeway bowing stands cortez he is come with some four hundred men fifteen horses and seven light guns the route by which he travelled from the thirty first of august to the fifteenth of october has been from zocotlan southwest to tlascala a community independent of montezuma yet distrustful of the spaniard and from tlascala southwest to cholula from cholula in the valley or plain of huitzilipan the invaders have marched west to the mountain ridge connecting popocatapetla with its mate yetzakihuatla and from here early in november have surveyed the basin-like valley of mexico with mexico tenochtitlan afar off amid the waters of lake tezcoco they have then approached the border of lake chalco traversed a causeway leading to a peninsula itztapalapan and now in the community of itztapalapan itself stand dazed before the stonework the woodwork of cedar and other sweet-scented trees the orchard and garden full of roses and fruit-trees and the pond of fresh water with birds of many kinds and breeds to bernal diaz and his followers touched with the spirit of spanish romanticism the scene appears as the enchantments of the legend of amadis in the mind of montezuma meanwhile the grave question has been can these spaniards these strangers of the sunrise be gods when grillalva's expedition appeared off the coast in fifteen hundred and eighteen it had been reported to notchtitlan that in the waters of heaven as the open sea was called floating towers had appeared from which had descended beings with white faces and hands with beards and long hair and wearing raiment of brilliant colours and round head coverings could these beings be priests or heralds of the fair god quetzalcoatla come according to the maya nahua tradition to resume sway over his people before proof could be adduced grill yava had departed and then shortly had come swift messengers with news of cortez and with pictures of his floating towers and of his fair-visaged yet bearded attendants handling the thunder and bestriding fierce creatures that spurned the ground proof regarding the quality of the fair strangers was required now more than ever and so the first embassy had been sent to cortez the embassy that had carried back as a specimen of the round heavy coverings of the strangers the gilt helmet this contrivance as it chanced resembled the head coverings of the aztec gods and especially of huitzilopochtli god of war so there had been sent to cortez the second embassy bringing the head-dresses of quetzal feathers now these head-dresses were those of the four principal gods of the aztecs tezcatlipoca god of the breath of life huitzilopochtli god of war Talalak, god of fertility and quetzalcoatl the fair or culture god what they seemingly were meant to signify to cortez was that montezuma tentatively at any rate 
was willing to acknowledge the former as like himself entitled to wear them as a representative of the gods nor was this all that the wonderful gifts of the second embassy were meant to signify among the gifts as will be remembered were two great wheels one of gold and one of silver all indians of america possess a social system more or less fully worked out from the heavenly spaces the four quarters or cardinal points of direction and the three regions above below and centre the four headdresses symbolizing the four principal gods may therefore be conceived as meant to stand to cortez for the four quarters and the gold and silver wheels respectively for the above and the below something of this kind almost certainly was symbolized by the gifts which besides being in the nature of a bribe to the spaniard as a human being to depart were likewise in the nature of a propitiatory offering to him as a god or at least a high priest to be merciful whether or not the spaniards really possessed preternatural attributes it has vastly puzzled all mexico to decide the kempualans had industriously spread the idea that they did and one thing only had served to detract from the claim at tlascala where the matter had been put to a test some of the spanish horses those creatures of terror had been killed hacked apart and triumphantly devoured at feasts at cholula however cortez by the cleverness of marina had with unerring precision alighted upon an aztec plot to destroy him had as the marvelling chalulans expressed it read their very minds and thoughts and such power could pertain to gods alone but to come back to the spanish leader as he stands bowing at the south causeway outside of itzapalapan whether he be divine or human it has become apparent that his entry into tenochtitlan can no longer be prevented by gifts nor thwarted by guile montezuma therefore making a virtue of necessity is about to come forth to greet him not that machinations have ceased at all once the spaniards are beyond the drawbridges with retreat cut off once securely lodged in one of the principal tech-pans it is the purpose of the chief of men counseled thereto by the dire huitzilopochtli himself to destroy the invaders utterly and to send them in batches to the great pyramid as a savoury and acceptable blood-offering the point where the ceremonies incident to the meeting of montezuma with cortez are to take place is on the south causeway at acachenanco a causeway junction and here a great crowd is gathered it would seem that not alone is tenochtitlan a settlement of four divisions but that aztec territory as such outside of tenochtitlan partakes of the same plan for at the causeway junction cortez is received by four aztec sub-chiefs from tezcoco itztapalapan tecuba and corihuacan settlements on the lake shore to the northeast southeast northwest and southwest respectively of tenochtitlan the lake is crowded with observers in canoes but the causeway itself the present calzada de itztapalapan is kept clear and down the vista which it forms rises mexico full of mystery the four sub-chiefs conduct the spaniards to the point 
where the south causeway merges in the south avenue the present street el rostro leading to the great square and here montezuma appears in person he comes reclining in a sumptuous litter borne upon the shoulders of attendants at sight of cortez he descends and there is spread above him a baldaquin of light greenish blue feathers with fringe of gold pearls and jade he is a man about fifty-two years old tall slender and of dignified mien and his hair is worn short over the ears his garb is a robe of radiant blue and gold and his feet are shod with golden sandals is it as priest of huitzilopochtli that he thus presents himself to cortez the possible representative of that other deity the fair god quetzalcoatl waiting to dispossess him be that as it may the four sub-chiefs habited likewise in heavenly blue advance to his support dignitaries bearing tripartite wands symbolizing the authority of the confederacy go before him while attendants sweep clean the highway and even lay carpets that the golden sandals may not touch the ground as montezuma draws near cortez dismounts from his horse and steps forward montezuma kisses the earth an act performed by pressing it with the hand and then carrying the hand to the lips and offers to cortez how much of mexico is here a bunch of roses the spanish leader moves to salute montezuma by an embrace but is restrained by a gesture and instead places about his neck a necklace of beads taken from his own person throughout the ceremony the sides of the avenue are lined with attending sages all of whom are barefoot and to none of whom is it permitted to raise the eyes to montezuma the man of great medicine the high priest when the spaniards entered mexico it was november eighth fifteen hundred and nineteen between this date and the beginning of fifteen hundred and twenty cortez and his men found lodgings in the halls and chambers of the tecpan the official house or council lodge in the great square near the great temple formerly the quarters of montezuma himself but now vacated to accommodate the spaniards montezuma having taken up new quarters in one of the vast communal dwellings here cortez made himself secure by placing cannon to command the approaches and here he was received in audience by montezuma who causing him to be seated on a very rich platform in a chamber facing a court embellished with fountains and flowers addressed him thus we believe that our race was brought to these parts by a lord whose vassals they all were and to return to his native country and we have always believed that his descendants would come to subjugate this country and us as his vassals and according to the direction from which you say you come which is where the sun rises and from what you tell us of your great lord or king who has sent you here we believe and hold for certain that he is our rightful sovereign early fruits of the occupation of the tecpan by cortez were the discovery by accident of the walled-up storeroom containing the official treasure of the aztec government that aladdin's cave whence had come the gold and silver wheels the burning alive of certain aztec plotters and the seizure of the person of the chief of men who transferred to the tecpan became 
under castilian tutelage the tool and mouthpiece of his captor during fifteen hundred and twenty complications for the invaders arose cortez contrived the seizure of the war chiefs of tezcoco and tlacopan subheads of the aztec tripartite confederacy and of the war chiefs of coyahuacan and itztapalapan two of the four subheads of the aztec district itself then further he forbade human sacrifices by both these acts he stored up trouble for himself trouble furthermore developed independently from without diego velasquez governor of cuba and adelantado of the lands over which cortez was exercising sway had at length organized a strong expedition under panfilo de narvarez a man of hollow voice to assert his authority narvarez reached san juan de ulia in april and secretly got into relations with montezuma in order to check him cortez was compelled to divide his own small command leaving one hundred and forty men under pedro de alvarado and tenochtitlan he marched forth with ninety-two men in may and before the end of the month had near Kempuala met his foe defeated him and made him prisoner meanwhile in tenochtitlan alvarado impetuous by nature and roused by tales of conspiracy among the aztecs fostered by the coming of narvaez set upon the population while engaged in celebrating the festival of the god tezcatlipoca and slaughtered them without discrimination and without ruth stunned by the onslaught but rallying promptly the mexicans fiercely assaulted the tecpan where the spaniards were housed and held them in a state of siege till cortez informed of their plight by secret messengers was able to return to their relief food was running short and montezuma being appealed to induced cortez to liberate the war chief of itztapalapan quitlahuatzin by name that he might calm the people and procure it this was the beginning of the end of the official character of montezuma quitlahuatzin was henceforth recognized by the clans as chief of men and led the mexicans in desperate attempts to force the spaniards out of tenochtitlan it was now late june and departure from the lake settlement became imperative for cortez in vain did the spaniards in a hand-to-hand -hand struggle drive the aztecs from the dizzy summit of the pyramid in the great square in vain did montezuma appeal to his countrymen from the roof of the tecpan the chief of men no longer such was reviled to his face nay more was assailed by missiles and stricken in the forehead within three days he was dead and on the fourth at midnight his erstwhile jailers stole silently from the tecpan into the avenue leading west to the tacuba causeway shortest of the three routes to the mainland and interrupted by the fewest sluice ways at first undetected they had nearly gained the causeway head when the night silence re-echoed to a cry the shriek of a native woman a signal drum on the pyramid in tlatelalco at once boomed forth a warning and secrecy was at an end it was the noche triste the doleful night the bridges over the sluice ways were gone and could not be quickly replaced men horses and booty smitten in rear and flank filled the chasms in a tangled mass cortez himself got over by the greatest difficulty 
alvarado it is said cleared one of the chasms by an unparalleled vaulting leap Velasquez de leon and francisco de morla fell to emerge no more of the total force of spaniards one thousand two hundred and fifty men since the capture of navaez some four hundred and fifty were missing twenty-four horses survived the catastrophe but the significance of this fact was now small neither white stranger nor horse was any longer preternatural both were proven mortal both could perish cortez after all was not the fair god quetzalcoatl was not even his priest he was not divine in any sense just human just lustful a dissembling conqueror of flesh and blood once on the mainland the spaniards were able to stay somewhat the aztec pursuit and though as cortez expressed it without a horse that could run or a horseman who could lift an arm or a foot soldier who could move he finally managed to round lake tezcoco on the north and so after a fierce melee at otumba on the seventh of july to reach friendly and sheltering tlascala among the saved besides alvarado were gonzalo de sandoval cristobal de olid and the indispensable marina and aguilar the capture of tenochtitlan and the reduction of the aztecs to submission were still as much as ever the objects of cortez and he resumed the task sturdily in spite of his temporary check his forces he rested and augmented surrounding peoples he coerced or conciliated the road to vera cruz he put under guard disaffection in his own ranks due to the presence of so many of navaez's men he quieted by soothing eloquence at length on the twenty eighth of december all was ready tezcoco was occupied and thirteen vessels shallow barges which after the manner of balboa in darien had been constructed in the forest were carried in pieces across the mountains and launched on tezcoco lake between march and may fifteen hundred and twenty one the spaniards seized itztapalapan and other points and during may and june cortez with nine hundred spaniards and thousands of native allies eighty-six horses and eighteen guns began a systematic siege of tenochtitlan by land and water many were the advances and repulses the aztecs resisted not alone with determination but with the utmost fury they cut the great dike they converted every canal into a moat they made of every house a castle taunts and challenges no less than missiles they flung across the water and down the converging avenues by night captive spaniards goaded to the top of the tlatelalco pyramid were spectacularly slaughtered in the glow of sacrificial fires spanish valor did much toward the reduction of the great community of the lake but famine and wholesale demolition of buildings did more and on the thirteenth of august the chief of men doughty successor of quitlahuatzin who had died of smallpox before the siege surrendered in despair his own person and what remained of his nation so fell mexico tenochtitlan fortunate was it for cortez that in fifteen hundred nineteen it was montezuma who held in mexico the position of chief of men had it been otherwise had this position been held by quitlahuatzin or quatematzin it may be doubted whether the sun myth of the fair god and his impending return would have been permitted to paralyze action in a sense far from fanciful montezuma sicklied o'er with the pale cast of thought 
was the hamlet of the aztecs End of chapter four